Hello and welcome to the Daily Rejoicing Podcast. It is Wednesday, August the 10th, and I so appreciate you tuning in. We've been traveling for a couple of weeks, my family and I. We were able to preach in some churches while we were traveling, and God blessed us and kept us safe, gave us good meetings. And some of you have reached out and said, yo, where's the podcast? Because I missed a few days in a row there. No, you didn't say, you didn't say that. Just checking and make sure, making sure everything was was good. And I appreciate that. But uh, we were in a hotel room and there were a couple times where the day just ran out. And uh, had I gotten out the microphone and said, welcome to the Daily Rejoicing Podcast with three kids asleep and it's midnight I would not have continued to have a happy marriage, you understand. So what I want to talk to you about here today is I was reading a book yesterday published about 60 years ago, and it was so helpful. It was a book about a lot of things, a lot of Christian subjects. Each chapter was its own topic, and I was reading a chapter about growing in faith. And the story or the subject, the helpful observations is from John chapter number four, the story of the healing of the nobleman's son. So John chapter number four, if you have your Bibles, you can go over there. John four, beginning in verse 46, the Bible says, so Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, He went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. And he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth. And himself believed and his whole house. The topic that we'll be talking about today and tomorrow is this, growing in faith. Growing in faith. Growth happens only in tough times when things are uncertain. Certainly faith is no different. If everything were plain and simple, no faith would be necessary. And it is only faith that pleases God. We understand that. If it's not a faith, it's of sin. And everyone's faith ought to be growing. And I want to ask you here today, how is your faith? Is it weak? Is it strong? Today, we're going to look at some signs of weak faith. And tomorrow, Lord willing, we'll look at some signs of strong faith. Three signs of weak faith today. Number one, demanding visible proof. Demanding visible proof. Jesus said in verse 48, except ye see signs and wonders ye will not believe. And Jesus was not happy about that. You know, if you must have a sign before you do anything, you have weak faith. Why do we walk by faith and not by sight? Well, it's because that's what God requires. But you think about this, sometimes our eyes deceive us. 
Sometimes our assumptions and conclusions about anything are wrong. You have a crime scene and you'll have witnesses that saw what went down and you'll ask one witness and they'll swear that this certain person was there and it happened in this order. And then you'll have another person who swears both in good faith that they saw it happen this way, maybe a traffic accident or something. And then you'll look at some camera footage and discover that they're both wrong. Why is that? Well, our perception is often wrong. Our memories deceive us. Our own understanding deceives us. Our heart deceives us. And it is unbelief that asks for a sign. After Jesus rose, Thomas said he wouldn't believe until he saw, and Jesus rebuked him. He said, blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. The rich man who died and went to hell said to Abraham, why don't you send Lazarus, who went to heaven, back from the dead to my brothers. I got five brothers. I need them to get saved. I don't want them to go to hell like me. And Abraham said, nope. He said, they have Moses and the prophets. In other words, they have the Bible. He said, if they won't believe the word of God, they won't believe even if someone rose from the dead. Somebody says, if God just does this thing for me, then I'll serve him. And that's not true. The unsaved person says, if God will just do such and such for me, God will let me win the lottery or God will do something for me, then I'll believe on him. Not true. It's just not because God has spoken already in his word. If someone says to God, in effect, I know you've given your word, but it's not enough. I need an additional sign, something visible right now to believe. It's not an evidence problem. The reason they won't believe it's a surrender problem. God requires faith. God requires faith to be saved. God requires faith from the Christian. And the person that requires a sign is demonstrating their unbelief, not their faith. And that person needs to repent of their unbelief and disobedience. I could go on and on about this, how someone tells me, well, I've, I've put out a fleece. And I understand that story, but God suffered that at that time. We're in the New Testament church age here, and and we have the completed word of God. You have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling you. God says something in his word. You don't need anything else in order to believe. You simply need to believe. You need to trust God. And signs today of a weak faith are demanding visible proof. Number two, signs of a weak faith. Somebody must be driven to God by a desperate need. Driven to God only by a desperate need. This nobleman's son was at the point of death. Certainly he had known of Jesus before. He'd heard of Jesus. He knew to go to Jesus. He knew of Jesus. And I imagine he'd spent all he could on doctors. He's used to telling people what to do. But when all else had failed, he was at the point of death. He went to Jesus. Remember, he was not yet a believer. That would happen in verse 50 or 53, if you've got your Bible, we'll look at the second half of what I read just a minute ago tomorrow. But he had an immediate need and he went to Jesus. Now, there's no problem with that. To be driven to Jesus is always right. When you have something come up in your life, you ought to go to Jesus, of course. But I say to you, Christian, does it take a tragedy to get you to get reacquainted with Jesus? If you are in one of those tough times right now, 
and you're walking with God closely again, you've been driven to the Lord, can I please encourage you not to wander off once the hard time is over? Allow God to strengthen your faith. If right now the family is healthy, the paycheck is steady, the bills are paid, I challenge you to stay faithful to God. Stay faithful to his word every day in the word of God, every day in the secret place of prayer, every day faithful to a good Bible preaching, Bible obeying, Bible practicing church. It's much better to enter into the hard times with Jesus when they come than to find him after you're already there. And finally, third sign of a weak faith, number one, was demanding visible proof. Number two, only driven to God by a desperate need. This is a third sign of a weak faith as we examine ourselves. Weak faith, when it prays, it instructs God. It tells God what to do. It dictates to God. Verse 49, the nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. Come down, come down, or my child will die. Now you and I know, because we read the rest of the story, that wasn't true. Jesus didn't have to go anywhere to heal his son. Jesus had to but speak a word the same way as he made the universe. It was by the word of God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. We're talking about Jesus Christ there. That's what that verse is talking about, who that verse is talking about. But the nobleman at the time didn't know it. He was praying, telling God what God had to do in order to answer the nobleman's prayer. He didn't have strong enough faith to pray as Jesus would later instruct, excuse me, Father, thy will be done. And I thank God that we've got an interceder. We've got a go-between. That's what that means. We have a God who answers our prayers according to his will. Because there's been many times where I've prayed for something and God did not answer my prayer how I asked. But then I was later so glad that he didn't because something better came along or he saved me from something that wasn't right or wasn't best. And friend, your prayers really do get to more praising and less asking when you realize you simply share the need with your father and leave it to him to work out the details. I don't have to tell God where, when, how, because he knows what is best. I just need to have the faith to bring my petitions before him and leave them there. As a servant of Jesus Christ, as a child of God, I trust by faith that my father will perform the best possible outcome for my good and for his glory. But then I see that the nobleman in his grief, his turmoil, his lowest point in life had his faith grow stronger. Jesus, by his wonderful grace, honored the weak faith of the nobleman and healed his son. We'll see tomorrow how his faith grew and signs of a strong faith in God. I'll give you a sneak peek. He believed the word of God. Verse 50, Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. But friend, today on this Wednesday, how is your faith? Does it demand visible proof? Do you only go to God when you have a desperate need? Are your prayers a dictate instructing God in the details of how to answer your prayer. By God's grace, surrender your will to the Lord today and allow Him to grow your faith.